0: today on city cash chicago this is the last full week of january i'm gonna be real 2022 is off to a hell of a start to break down this week we got the tribes tonya hill and matt harvey in the building it's friday january 28th i'm jacoby cochran and this is city cash chicago Tonya Hill and Matt Harvey, welcome back to City CityCast Chicago.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the invite again.
2: Dude, thanks for having us,
0: man. Before we jump into the stories, this was the coldest week in Chicago of the winter thus far. Tonya, I'm going to start with you. What's that thing you like to do in the crib when you don't even want to look outside your window?
1: I'd say probably do some sort of binge watching or something like that, I guess might, you know, cuddle under a blanket, watch something. Same thing I would do any other winter <laughs> winter day.
0: What you binge watching right now?
1: Well actually I guess because of FOMO, I am now watching Ghost.
2: <laughs> <laughs> On CBS? Uh,
1: I yeah, no, uh the power one. Oh. From power. Yeah, I uh, was really angry about how the Power series <laughs> went off.
0: I mean, I I don't know no, I don't know anybody who was happy how Power went off. The Ghost series that's uh, the 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 Tommy series that's set in Chicago might pull me back into the world of Power, but the the Canaan show ain't did it. Young Tariq ain't did it for me yet. So may, maybe I'll go back <laughs> to the world of Power eventually.
2: They low-key filmed some of that right by the crib, the, uh, the Tommy one. I saw him a, a couple times uh, over here, <laughs> literally on my block. Like, they had, the, we couldn't park over there. Uh, when, when we dipping into that negative five, negative
0: seven territory, Matt, what are you doing to kind of avoid the cold?
2: I just kind of stay in the crib. I have a record player. I throw on some records. I cook in this thing, you know. I do a lot of cooking when it's cold, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't fight going to the store.
0: I feel that. You actually took my answer too. I got a record player over Christmas. And so I didn't picked up like some Dizzy Gillespie, some Billy Holiday. I just got like this uh the Motown Ones, the uh some of them original outcasts. And so I just be sitting in front of the window with the with the radiator blast and just like listening to the records, just like, you know, except accepting the fact that I ain't going I ain't gonna see outside for a little longer.
2: You feel me? Yeah. I uh I throw in, like I got a few things I love. One I've been listening to recently though mm-hmm. is uh Green Slime. Have you heard of him? He's a Chicago rapper. Green Slime. It sounds familiar. Monk, he, is this project he put out like mid last year. I had ordered a, a vinyl of it. Actually the the funny thing is that it came, it finally came like around Christmas. And I saw the package had arrived downstairs, you know, I had time to stop, take the package up. So I I leave out. And when I came back home that night, it was gone. So our package got stolen and I had to hit up a bro and he actually sent me back one. He sent me back a a signed copy.
1: Oh, I like the cover.
2: So shout out Green Sign for that joint.
1: Y'all got to show me your setups, though. I'm trying to get into record playing. My dad is into all that stuff, and he gave me this long list of things that I should have to have the quality sound, because he was telling me I need an amplifier. I need this. I need that. I was like, Dad, like, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs>
0: But nice, uh, Tonya, we're going we gonna to all get into the to the record shit. We already got a, a CityCast scooter gang going. Now we need a, a CityCast uh, <laughs> sort of record collective. So we We building, we building over here. We're going to jump into the stories that y'all were really following this week in the city of Chicago. Matt, I'm, I'm going to keep it with you. What was a least story that, that really grabbed your attention this week?
2: The story about uh, Donda Academy was real interesting to me. Kanye West, you know, has the Donda Academy, a school that they created out there in LA. and A school? Yeah, it's it's more of like a prep school, like for athletes. It, at least right now, it seems like it's just for athletes. But uh, basically, they're doing an event called Donda Academy Homecoming. It's going to be like February 5th. And that event is is supposed to be them playing against a, a school called Chicago Prep, which is also like... A prep school where it's just like pre- basically for athletes who want need an extra year, you mm-hmm. know, work on their game, whatever. So there, it's supposed to be them playing against Donda, and then uh, Simeon playing against uh, a school, a school in Nevada, and I can't remember what the name of the school is right now, but it is a school in Nevada, and Kenwood is playing in it
0: against Hillcrest,
2: right? I think. yeah, yeah against yeah. And what's happening is the IHSA hasn't sanctioned it, so like donda academy isn't a part of any state organization they're not a part of california's you know high school association and then chicago prep is not a part of the ihsa and it's like i'm thinking like well what's up with the school thing like you know does they have like do they have a real curriculum like yeah and from what i could understand from that slam
0: article was there is a a online curriculum that you know there's like an for people like if you were doing homeschool like there's an online curriculum that they've adopted but they got all these guys just living in like luxury apartments doing like tutoring and then balling. They they that a hoop though that's that's their whole purpose. The IHSA Illinois high school association came out and said most tournaments like this are set up months in advance. Kind of was just like we to do this tournament. We go start selling tickets. We'll, we'll get the approval at some point. I feel like that Soldier Field show. It's just like, just tell people we gonna do it, and we'll work it out on the back end.
2: And like they selling tickets for like five hundred dollars. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. This this cult of celebrity around Kanye is kind of. It's it's crazy to watch how what what this is allowing him to do. You know, like mm-hmm. to create a high school with like no real you know qualification no you know what i'm saying like and and now he's trying to like just subvert this system of, of like the high school associations and like you know maybe it is like an archaic just like extra kind of you know why we got to go through all these hoops to do it type of system which you know breaking that down might be cool but like the idea that that Kanye just has free reign to just do
0: to so just like book an arena and to bring and and again Kenwood Simeon and Hillcrest I don't believe if commented yet because if IJ say doesn't sanction this event they're not going to be able they to they can't play, play. exactly and, and, and Simeon is already potentially pulled out of a, a major sanctioned tournament they to did play fully to, right to, to play in this one and so y'all have done a great job at the tribe of covering. Uh, particularly Chicago high school basketball, because it is more than just, you know, a bunch of kids hooping. It's one of the, like, premier proving grounds for young basketball players. Chicago has given the world some of the best hoopers we've ever seen. And so this isn't just about, you know, a high school basketball tournament. This is about, like you said, Kanye and the celebrity cult around him, allowing him to just, like— move high school students around around the country into these different tournaments without the proper sanctions um and and it brings a lot of questions into like are we doing enough to protect young athletes right i'm under the impression though that the ihsa is gonna bend to to kanye's whims and they're gonna somehow put this tournament on yeah money that's why yeah exactly Tonya, I'm going to kick it to you. What was a story that that caught your attention this week?
1: Um, I've been really just still following the CPS uh and in COVID mostly. Yeah. Um so just the news about the um uh, like how they changed their reporting for COVID cases yeah. per school. It's just been kind of interesting, especially with all that happened earlier this month with um CTU and CPS and them discussing you know, going remote. And I saw a lot of people saying, you know, if people really knew the numbers of like how COVID is, you know, running rampant in schools, then nobody, you know, would want their kids to go back.
0: Yeah, when that Twitter thread popped up from Jacob Ondry, who was a CPS parent and a web engineer, uh, he had been running his own COVID dashboard to, sh- to kind of track what are the public numbers that CPS have been putting out and how accurate they are. And he said on January 4th, the day that the Chicago Teachers Union voted to temporarily go remote, all of a sudden the way that CPS was reporting their COVID cases changed. Now, CPS came out and said that it had started to report cases that had been reviewed by contract tracers, uh, and they said that started December 20th. And older people have come out to say, do we need to look closer at how CPS is tracking COVID numbers we've had, in addition to the the amount of students and adults in the buildings who have been exposed to COVID, but all the other uh c p s related issues that have not been addressed as students have returned to school it's it's almost february and you still got kids who ain't got their bus route figured out right and, and i and I feel terribly for these kids who at this point like like you mentioned, gotta walk out of school just just to get their voice heard,
1: yeah, I appreciated Matt um you know talking to students because like as he said in the article like they're this is about them, you know, and their school has been. Interrupted, you know, for these last two years, and I do wish that there was just some transparency and honesty with um, what is really happening with with like the number of COVID cases and the reporting. So, you know, parents and caregivers can have a real idea of what's what's happening at their kid's school.
2: No, I was just gonna say like these shorties, like they really have like they they've been kind of locked out of this this conversation for the most part, and like. That's something that's like frightening to think about even as somebody who who's raising a kid and like I've always thought that I wanted to put my kid in CPS just because of like the cultural aspect of it. Seeing what a good CPS school can could look like and like when it comes down to it, I gotta protect my shorty. And if like I if I feel like, you know, these schools are just they 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 are unfit for like people there's a, there are people that are acting like they don't really understand how bad it is at these schools, man. Like it's worse than just bad paint and and dust on the floor. No.
0: Right. You got a little village school this week where the heat went out on the coldest day. You got, you got teachers and and students on using Snapchat and and Twitter to show dead rats when they come back from holiday break. Um, Seth Lavin is a, principal at an elementary school in Logan Square and he says he don't have enough teachers in classrooms. Uh, they don't have enough food in the cafeteria. And like I said earlier, they still don't have all their bus routes figured out. Now, before we move on, Tony, I do have a question because you mentioned earlier, you said you still have, you've, you've subbed in CPS, you have friends who still uh, t- teach in CPS. You know, what are those conversations like?
1: Sure. So like one of my, well, actually um, my best friend from high school and college, and she has middle schoolers, so just telling me how um, some of her classes would have to quarantine. But then the thing that would be interesting is, like, she wouldn't have to. So it'd be like the class itself goes in quarantine, but she would still be expected to come into work. And, you know, she has a, a young son, so I would be thinking about him. And then um, one of my former coworkers teaches kindergarten And I was her like assistant and just her telling me all the behavioral problems that she's seeing. you know, a lot of tantrums because some of these children haven't been in school kind of ever. This like new class of kindergartners, you know, she says sometimes I'm not taking lunches. Um, I'm working through my breaks to get things ready. And um, and there's a lot of children. So I think she is one and there is she doesn't really get a lot of help. So it's like 26 kids. So that alone, you know, that's also speaking to some of the things CTU was fighting for.
0: We'll be right back. So we talked about some big stories that that really grabbed headlines across the city. Uh, but in that, every week a bunch of stories go by and and don't get as much attention. Matt, what was the story that you want to shine more light on this week?
2: I wanted to shine more light on uh, King Louis, man. I feel like uh, there was a there was a story written by uh, Drawing the Wind is what he goes mm-hmm. by. And uh, he put out a, a story uh, in his newsletter about King Louis because you know this year is, there's a lot of these anniversaries coming up when it comes to uh, Chicago hip hop, right? Because 2012 was a big, a big year. Uh, it was the the Chief Keith breakout year. It was the year that like you know all eyes kind of turned towards the city when it came to to music, to to hip hop music in particular. And this guy, this guy Dro, he is. But he 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 recently started up his newsletter, and one of the, the first things he wrote was a homage to to King Louis and and Louis kind of significance to Chicago hip hop, which often goes over overlooked in a lot of ways. And and I think that King Louis is one of those those figures who kind of shapes things from behind the scenes and like those who know know. And like you know, it wasn't it's not just like the songs that you know of. Like he wrote for. People like Yay, and you know he's he's the he's he's crafting a lot of like the sound that we credit to Chicago, and it isn't just a drill thing. It's a you know Chicago music in general thing. He's he's just mm-hmm. one of those those uh, heavy hitters. I feel like that that will will kind of uh, always revere.
0: No, for sure And and for people who may not be familiar King Louis uh, is a rapper who, who, as Matt said He's at the forefront of the Chicago drill scene I think when his first mixtapes came out in 2007 But his one that a lot of people might remember uh, Was Drill and Noise, which came out in 2011 Jaluminati came out in 2012 uh, To this day, when my homie Chris come to my crib He throw B.O.N. on Like, with without fail Pull up, pump nigga Call it an asthmatax
2: and I think that like the reason why I find this story so important to me and like, you know, it might have been something that, you know, most people never saw and like it went under folks radar. But it's a it's a situation where somebody's given. We, we we often run into it where we almost lost him multiple times. And what if we lost him without him ever getting his flowers? Uh, Tony, what was a story that you wanted to shine some more light on this
0: week?
1: So since we, you know, you had the icebreaker where you're talking about what we do when it's cold. I have seen some people talking about cleaning off these sidewalks. So the city doing it. And I, I'm for this. Mm-hmm. I'm really for this because I have been, you know, damn near figure skating, like walking <laughs> <laughs> to my car. But yeah, I I think that's something we should do instead of just like doing The streets, in addition to, they should also be, you know, helping shovel,
0: shovel some sidewalks. Hey, you are not alone. We actually have an episode coming out next week, uh, where we talk with a group who is trying to get the city to, to treat the sidewalks like the streets, uh, because right now it's up to the property owners, um, to shovel the sidewalks. And, you know, depending on where you live, depending on what type of properties on your street, the type of landlords that you got on your street, uh, you can go from, one uh, plot to the next plot. And like you said, be going from smooth sidewalk to, to almost about to bust your ass. I've definitely eaten it twice so far during this winter. Luckily, it's been in the back of the building on the way to the trash can.
1: Nah, people definitely saw me. I slipped in a CVS parking lot.
2: So, yeah. Ooh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough.
0: <laughs> no, I definitely got to the point where I just got my roller skate on. I just went outside and I felt like frozen. I was just, where's my super suit? Uh, But I agree with you. Have you had to shovel? When's the last time you had to shovel some snow?
1: So I moved in October, but where I lived last year with my friend, when it snowed for February, like every day, I was outside shoveling every day. And I was so angry. First of all, you know, feminist, but also (laughs) like, are the men? (laughs) Wondering, I'm like, where are the where are the young men looking for some money? Like, you know, where are they? They're not here. So, um, and this block is pretty nice, where everybody kind of seems to be shoveling the front. Now, there was a section at the end of the block where people weren't, but you know, I don't know the circumstances of like the people that live there. Maybe they're elderly and, and need a need a hand. But I was definitely shoveling more snow last year, and I'm happy to not do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Every single episode, every single week, we like to leave uh, the people uh, with a moment of joy or some good news to get them through the weekend. That could be something that happened in your personal life, something you're writing about, something you read that just in the midst of all the confusion, all of the nonsense that you see. Matt, what, where was your source of joy coming from this week?
2: A moment of joy that I had this week actually was, was with my, my son. Um we've been uh experimenting with different foods with him you know he's he's starting to get to a point where he eats food for real so uh I mean pureed food. how old is he? he's uh five months, now. and so uh this week i I tried him some like bell peppers for the first time see i'm a so I'm a guy that cooks you know i I like to cook a lot and like I always told myself that like when I have my baby like he nothing to eat like trash baby food like i'm going. Make his food and it's gonna taste good. Like I want it to be something that I can eat. You know what I'm saying? Like I can put this in my mouth and be like, mmm. You know? And you know we've been doing the fruits and things like that. Those have been real easy. And like we've even done like uh, spinach and carrots. And when I did the carrots, you know, I seasoned them up a little bit, real lightly, real lightly. You have to do. I got you. Literally a little pinch. You know? (laughs) And uh, roasted them up and they tasted amazing. And uh, I did the same thing with these bell peppers. So getting him to to eat a couple spoonfuls of bell peppers, yeah, we that that was a big breakthrough for me, and it was a big a big moment for me because I was like, man, this bell pepper thing is gonna be a hit. Like we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be roasting us some bell peppers every other day, and you know, it's it might be his favorite vegetable. Hopefully, it's his favorite vegetable. Body.
0: So, are you roasting it up and then like putting it in a blender?
2: You are using like a hand blender or something to mash it? We actually got a, a baby bullet, a baby Nutribullet. It's, Pretty simple, actually, to make your own baby food. Like I, I'm surprised that more people mm-hmm. don't do it because, like, it saved us money on buying baby food.
0: D- does he have a sense of a favorite yet? Do you know what's his? Oh his yeah, right now, right now his
2: favorites are blueberries. Uh, he, he's he's a berry guy, so blueberries and strawberries are his thing, and he also <laughs> loves mangoes a lot. So like those three mm-hmm. are are definitely his top three. Oh, that's beautiful,
0: man! That's a fantastic moment of joy. Uh, I, I'm inviting more Chicago guests to talk about their kids and the beautiful uh, things they do with them. Uh, Tonya, what was a moment of joy that that brought some uh, some laughter or or a smile to your face this week?
1: Just outside yesterday, noticing that the sun took a while to set yesterday, so I'm starting. Yeah, so I'm starting to get a little little happy. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. I believe we're starting to cross that threshold where the sun is moving back past five o'clock. When the sun starts setting around like two thirty in the afternoon, three o'clock, what does that do to you every year? Because, like you said with the winter earlier, I-, I still am just like God damn every single year when when the sun just start disappearing. What does that do to you at the top of the winter, Tonya? For me, it's just
1: like I just have a sense of it's late all the time so I'm just like oh it's 10 o'clock it's really five o'clock so it just seems like the (laughs) night just lasts really really long and you know I just start shutting down basically (laughs) so I think I think having the sun out more will will definitely make me feel better you know ending out winter time for sure
0: Mm -hmm. And, and my moment of joy I'm gonna keep it with the kids Yesterday was my niece's, uh, it was her birthday. She was turning six. And my little Zion is, uh, she's one, she's the joy of my life. I love that little girl. But she's also like the first little kid in my life as an adult. And so she she served multiple purposes. One, like that amazing birth control to let me know that <laughs> that it ain't time for the for the boy yet. But also, she you know I hate like this, but she's that outlet to get out all of that love. Gabby, Darius, y'all doing a fantastic job raising y'all kids. Y'all giving them child a childhood that I know uh, we were not privileged to have as children. And so Zion, you're only six. You want, you may not really appreciate this, but happy birthday! I love you so much and, and watching you grow up. Is just just the coolest fucking thing in the world. You are you are too smart uh, for this world. Hey, again, I appreciate y'all stopping through. Two of the tribes' finest journalists, Tony Hill and Matt Harvey. Thank y'all for being great friends and supporters of City Cash Chicago and joining us to shoot the shit this Friday. Thank you. This was fun. The
1: sure. show.
2: I appreciate yeah. you having us, nice well. man.
0: Before I let you go, you heard that next week we're going to be talking about shoveling snow. But you know we can't talk shy winter traditions without talking about dibs. I want to know how y'all feel about it. Do you do it? Do you move people's objects? Do you hate it? Text us or leave us a voicemail at 773-780-0246. Or you can email us at chicago at citycast.fm. I got to give a huge shout out to the people behind Cash Chicago. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, and newsletter writer Sidney Madden. Also, with all of this amazing music, my boy Sam Trump and the amazing Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. Remember, tomorrow is the Better Government Association's panel navigating the story of Cabrini Green. Your boy is moderating in partnership with Catch Light Local. Check out yesterday's pod on Cabrini Green to learn more. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. Unless, of course, you sign up for the panel, because, again, that's on Saturday. So I could talk to you tomorrow.